Property Patriot, you are cleared hot. Good day, High Flyers, and welcome to the Aim High Podcast. I am your host, Bud Evans, the Property Patriot. Today, I'm joined by Matt Jones, author, active real estate investor, and CEO. He supported people with developmental disabilities for 10 plus years, working as manager, maltreatment investigator, and direct support professional. He takes that same passion, uses it in real life to help people with developmental disabilities become real estate investors and achieve their financial and life goals. Hear about Matt as we provide real estate investors the tools to create generational wealth. This is the Aim High Podcast, show number 35. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Aim High Podcast. I am your host, Bud Evans, and today I am here with Matt Jones. How are you today, Matt? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I'm absolutely doing great. I love doing this. I know you are a fellow podcaster, and I get a kick out of having people that can give me a little bit of knowledge come onto the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Happy to help. Yeah, great, man. So listen, you're a CEO, you're an author. Do me a favor. Give me a quick introduction and rundown of who exactly you are. Yeah, absolutely. So I own 40 units of multifamily, 244 beds of senior assisted living, and then I am raising capital for multifamily as well. So I just got done raising for a 94 unit deal over in Columbus. And so that's what I do with my company, Hawkwing Capital, is I help passive investors find deals that match what their investment goals are. How exactly did you jump into real estate? What did you do before real estate? I worked in disability support and mental health counseling. And so I managed group homes for people with disabilities and did have a master's degree in counseling as well. But uh, I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad some years ago, like so many people do. And I was like, what? This is bananas. Like, why didn't anybody tell me about that? There's another way out there besides putting in your 30 years at a job and hoping for the best when you're retired. It took me a while to get started with real estate, but I, I bought a live-in triplex. So I lived in one unit, rented out the other two, and it was going slow. I, I thought I'd magnify it and scale up faster than what it took me until I found out about real estate syndication. And that kind of solved all my problems for me with I no longer dependent upon my ability to save up money from my job for deals. And then I could just scale up to the bigger stuff right away. Yeah, That's how we all jump into it, right? It's usually an epiphany that brings us around. Let's go through your first deal. Everybody, we try to get into this and pick it apart so that everyone, no matter how far back, can tell their story. How did you start? What was your first deal like? Was it insane? Not insane. Because I, I mentioned I have the background in group home management. So I saw this triplex as a very easy version of a group home. Like I had done some of the general maintenance stuff before. And so I was familiar with that. And then I just hired out what I couldn't do. But I would say the biggest challenge for this first deal was me, myself, my own limiting beliefs and my pigheadedness of thinking like, I'm smart, I can figure this out and I can do it all on my own and make all the profit that way. But that was the biggest thing that limited me from growing as a result. And eventually I grew out of that, but at first anyway, so I was doing all the maintenance that I could myself. I was doing all, you know, managing the tenants and the, all the problems and stuff. And it was just a, a hassle all around. I could do it, but I didn't spark joy in my life. You know, painting just, it just sucks and cleaning trash out of units that people left. It's not my cup of tea. But it's, so, so I had to back up and be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have to take a nice big slice of humble pie and realize I can't do this on my own. I have to work with other people. Granted, like you can, I, I could have just 
over time, bought more and more like triplexes and duplexes and quads and, and that sort of thing and built up a portfolio that way and then self-managed it and, and stuff. But it would have just been a like a huge hassle. And uh, just getting to the point where I hire third-party property management was a big step for me, but I haven't looked back since then. It's a major time saver to be able to focus on growing my business instead of working on the day-to-day operations of the each little thing that goes wrong. But uh, yeah, I made money. I made really good money off that first triplex. So it was profitable. It was a cash cow from the start. And then I sold it some years later for a lot of appreciation, both from forcing the appreciation as well as the market. So it it turned out well for me and learned a lot of lessons, but uh, no interest in going back to operating triplexes myself. It's always better when you're working with other people, right? So you it's one of the best ways to scale as far as I know. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to be skilled in every single thing either. And that's the beauty of working with other people. You, you take what your knowledge and skills are and try to match up with somebody who doesn't quite have those skills and knowledge, but they are have skills and knowledge in areas that you don't. And then you can work together to take on different aspects of growing a business together. Everybody's got their first deal. Everybody's got their worst deal. If you want to go into it, can you do me a favor and let's talk about that? Because the whole goal here is to give people nuggets of wisdom on how to start and how to recover if you have a bad situation. My worst deal, I still made money, but I didn't make nearly as much money as I expected. It was another triplex that I was bought and was operating myself. And then it, uh, I thought I had an inspection and, and I had an estimate of what I thought would be repairs, but it turned out to be a lot more repairs than planned. The first winter, it was in Minnesota. Winter tends to be hard on properties up here. The first winter, like all the pipes were freezing left and right and bursting. And so I had to like redo. So there's like, when I bought it, one of the bathrooms was like brand new because they had problems before. And so I thought, oh, I assumed that because it's brand new, it was done right and ready to roll. but Man, I had to pay to rip out that brand new bathroom and install a whole new bathroom after that was organized differently so that the pipes wouldn't freeze. And so that cut into a lot of the profits. But it, so I guess the big thing from that is not only, of course, having the property manager, but having really good inspectors that know what they're doing and can accurately assess what is going to happen. You're better knowing what a deal is and walking away from it if it's not doesn't pencil out than to try to force yourself into a deal just to have a deal to get done. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to avoid that. You get those endorphins that kick in, you get that excitement level that goes up and you just want to jump into it, even though for whatever reason, the numbers aren't working, but you just want to get, you just want to get that deal done so bad. Yeah. If you're underwriting a deal and you think, okay, everything's going to go perfectly and then I'm going to make money. But the only way you can make money is for everything to go perfectly. Mm-hmm. Don't get that deal <laughs> because things are going to go wrong at some point in some way, shape or form. So you have to really be prepared for that and have some wiggle room. Yeah. Now you had all that stuff going on. How exactly did you recover from that? Uh, I guess my big thing was I moved from the small multifamily to the medium and large stuff. And because with larger stuff, now, like I'm not managing these 240 beds of senior assisted living myself. I mean, we have professional property management in place 
and a whole like structure there. So we have professionals who are doing a lot of these roles that I was previously trying to do myself with the small multifamily stuff. And so with the bigger stuff, there's more systems and you have the economy of scale. When you're renovating units with large multifamily, for example, you know, your rehabbers, your contractors get in the groove with rehabbing the units because the flooring is the same, paint is the same, appliances is the same, all that stuff. And whereas if you're doing like small multifamily or, or a bunch of single family houses, you can still make a lot of money that way, but everything's unique. And, and you, you also, the property management costs for a single family generally is around 10% of gross income versus a hundred unit plus place. It's only about 4% of gross income. And then it goes down the bigger you go. Tracking, man. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Now, the, I mean, were you carrying inventory like flooring or the specific paint scheme? You're talking with the triplex or triplexes? You know, with with or, the larger properties. Yeah, yeah. You buy things in bulk if you're rehabbing the whole place. So you're, you have the inventory to be able to cover all the units that you're rehabbing. And then you might have a little extra or whatever, but um, your, your contractors are going to manage that. And it, so it's just, again, it's just more efficient the larger you go than doing the small stuff. Great, man. So what do you have going on currently? Currently, I think I mentioned that I just got done raising some capital for a 94 unit deal over in Columbus. And, and so that went okay. But I tell you right now, it's a very tricky time to raise capital with the several banks going belly up and the stock market being really volatile. People are really concerned. And I get that with their capital and they don't want to overextend themselves if there's a potential recession coming. Or maybe we already had a recession or maybe we're in a recession. I guess I don't really know. But uh, so people are just really cautious with their capital. There's a lot of capital I see on the sidelines just waiting. And if there is another 2008 level crash, like that capital is going to be deployed and make a lot of money off of that. But uh, just because people are nervous. However, I think this is actually a good time to invest in real estate, putting your money into real assets versus keep it in the bank or put it in the stock market, which you, like, you don't really have control over that. Yeah, I fully agree. And even though we saw what just happened in Houston with that 3000 property deal that just went belly up and got foreclosed on, I still look at commercial multifamily properties as a solid investment. Yeah. Not every deal is good. Like right. when you're underwriting stuff, I'd say at least 90% of the stuff you look at, just throw that immediately in the trash and then only focus on the 10% that actually pencils out and maybe put offers on those. And then, so generally you have to put in a hundred or 200 offers to be able to get one deal that you actually land that works out. So it's just going through the numbers. It's good to be picky, especially now. There are still lots of good deals out there, but with high interest rates and then sellers that want to sell for like these prices that were from like when the interest rates were still pretty low, there's that delta or difference between what sellers want their prices or properties to sell at versus what I as a buyer am willing to pay. But uh, so you just have to be selective for things to actually make sense. I think. Over the coming year or two, there's going to be a lot more deals that come up just because people have been so aggressive these past couple of years with the properties that they're buying and where they got 
maybe a bridge loan to start off with these large multifamily with variable rates, or they even if they bought a rate cap to limit what their interest rates were, that those expire after a year or two or three. So yeah, when those now when they underwrote the property to be at like three percent interest rate, and now it's six plus percent, that really makes a difference in whether a deal pencils out. So a lot of these deals or a lot of these properties, the whoever's operating it, they're either going to have to sell it on a fire sale or they're going to refi and all their profits get eaten up into the refi, or they're going to have to bring in external capital to keep the deal afloat. And then that also reduces their profits as well at the same time. Yeah. I'm looking at picking things up on a discount right now when the bridge loans are coming due and people mm -hmm. are expecting to refinance into those lower rates or they're just not going to be there. So um, looking forward to that. Yeah, that's a great point. Yep. So let's talk about your your future here, Hawking Capital. Where are you guys going? We know where you are, but what's next? We just keep looking at deals. And like I mentioned, I raise capital. So people who want to passively invest into some of these large multifamily or senior assisted living don't know where to start. Like you can talk to me. I'm happy. Like even whether you invest with me or not, I don't care. I just like talking about real estate. But for the people who are interested, find the deals and the sponsors on the behalf of my investors and then pool the money together to be able to have better buying power to take down larger properties together than any of us could on our own. So I just coordinate with other investors to make these deals happen. Yeah. Putting together a team and actually raising the capital and throwing it all, just the amount of increased buying power with just bringing in a few people to invest in your project. It's just amazing. And the returns grow exponentially over the course of time, right? Yep, exactly. And then plus my investors, they there's layers with all of this. So the tenants, the residents don't even know that the people who invest with me are even one of the owners, which is nice. So people who invest with me, they don't get any phone calls at 3 a.m. like, oh, my toilet's broken or whatever. None of that. They just get money that shows up in their bank account from time to time. Matt, I always ask this question because it's cur I'm curious to know exactly when you're growing. So as your wealth increased, what's one takeaway that you could pass on? One thing it's important to give back. It's yeah. important to give back in some way, shape, or form, because if you're just hoarding it, then what's the point, really? Whatever sort of charity or way of making the world a better place that really calls to your personal heartstrings, you do that. You know, for me, I like doing things to help out homeless people as well as people with disabilities. And so those are my ways to give back. And when you have that in your back of your mind, a portion of my profits are going to these people who need it. Like these people are dependent upon me to do well with real estate in order for their lives to be well. That is a great driving force because you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for all these other people at the same time. Are you ready to take your real estate investment sky high? The Aim High REI is the perfect Facebook community for you. Get answers from experienced investors, connect with other motivated individuals, and benefit from valuable resources all in one place. If that sounds like something that interests you, join our amazing network today, and we will help elevate your investing journey beyond what you thought was possible. Aim High REI is on Facebook, or click the link in the show notes. The best part is, it's completely free to join. 
I help new real estate investors overcome the fear of failure and achieve generational wealth through buying rental properties. Go to BudEvans.com and book a call and find out why we guarantee your first rental property. Thanks. Now back to the show. Yeah, man, that's a great segue, actually, because we're getting ready to go into the soaring forward. These are the same four questions that I ask every guest that can help someone who is just starting out achieve new heights. Matt, question number one is exactly that. What do you use to keep you motivated? By having this, it's bigger than me. I'm helping other people to achieve not only their investment goals with real estate, by pooling our money together for investments, but I'm making the world a better place. People who need the help are getting the help because of my efforts. And if I don't make these efforts, then these people aren't getting the help that they need. They're like, so I'm screwing people out of what their potential could be if I'm not doing the work. Yeah. Sad, man. Um, what is one thing over the course of time that you learned that completely changed your mindset? Now, not including rich dad, poor dad. You can't use that one. You already talked about it. So one thing, it's all about working with other people. Real estate is a team sport. And there's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but a book that I really liked also is Who Not How by Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. Yeah. And it's about like, instead of trying to figure out like how you can do something on your own, rather find other people to do it with or on your behalf. And you can do a lot more as a result. Excellent. What tools do you use to keep yourself on track? I guess I have a daily planner. So I write down in the morning to see, okay, what do I need to get accomplished today? And so what is my focus on today? But then I also have my larger kind of goals that, that I'm looking. So I, I have these big goals, but then I work myself back to like smaller achievable bites. And so I figure out from day to day what I need to you know, work on at any given moment to be able to get these bigger goals accomplished. And that's how I keep track to make sure I'm on track. Excellent. And then the big one, if you had to start all over again, what would you change? I wouldn't start with the small stuff myself. I would just jump right into syndication. I, you know, a lot of people don't know about syndication and I certainly didn't when I first got started, but that's the one thing I would do differently. I would jump right into syndication because you really can't do it on your own. You have to do it with other people because you know, as these larger places, then you could really handle yourself. And then also your profits get magnified at the same time because you're growing together rather than you just trying to figure it out yourself and hit your head against the wall a million times. Yeah. Hey, that's great. Matt, I really do appreciate it. Matt, if someone wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? They can go to my website, hawkwingcapital.com. And I actually wrote a book about real estate, which covers the whole spectrum of real estate investing. So if you go to my website, you can download a free chapter from it to check it out. Or if you just want to schedule a call to chat about real estate, I'm happy to do that. No problem. Excellent. Matt, I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us and provide a little bit of knowledge for those who are just starting out. It, guys, if you want to reach out to Matt, everything that he just said is going to be in the show notes. Please check that out. And if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening online, until the next time we meet, aim high.